0: We'll <laughs> be In a hard week, and this is a different kind of conversations. We have our friends here with us. The whole country, I think, is is feeling a different kind of way based on the incidents of this past week concerning our uh, George Floyd uh, in Minneapolis and. Um, just the race dialogues that we're having in the country, the emotions that are just overwhelming, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. I think most people are, are one way or the other. I think not a lot of people are indifferent in this time. And um, and we're just going to have a quick conversation and take time with some of our very good friends just to share as a group of moms, as as women some women of color some not um but mostly with the same hope and aspiration for the future it's been an emotional week it's been a
1: roller coaster you know through the ups and downs um it's been sad i mean personally for me it's just been just like crazy because I'm crying one day, I'm not crying. And then I I go on social media, I'm crying, I'm not crying. And I think this is needed because um, I'm just reminded when George Floyd was murdered, he called out for his mama. He called out for his mama and it's a, we are all moms and we all feel the pain as a mom when he called out for his mama. So it's so needed and I really do appreciate the friends on this. So um, yeah, just go ahead guys and just introduce yourself like what Andrea said.
2: I'm Heather and I'm a mom. I'm home now, of course, with the virus got two boys. Uh, they're both young teenagers at this point and I'm trying to process all of this still.
3: I'm Marjorie.
4: Um, I'm a mom of eight children. Hi, I'm Kim and mother of four and African-American.
5: Hi, I'm Kat. I'm mother of two, um, boy and girl, both African-American.
6: Hello, I'm Kara. Um, first of all, I'm a child of God. <laughs> I'm a white woman. I am a mother of two, Jack and Catherine. Um, Awesome, eleven and ten-year-olds. And I am Crystal Briette. I have three boys,
7: um, mixed boys, Hispanic, black, and American. Um, So it's a it's a very interesting time because you know I look at our friendship and I look at all different ethnicities, and you know you wish that the world would love each other just how we love each other. You know, Um, we don't really necessarily look at each other's race or background. We actually at, for me, at least, I love that about every one of you is that you're so different. And that's what attracts me is that we're all so different. Yet we can still love each other. And it's never about well, you're my color, or you're not my color, or you're from where I'm from, or you're not from where I'm not from. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, interesting times. All oh, witnessed this murder on
0: on live coverage Mm -hmm. Um, and then over and over one of my um one of my kids my son actually saw it before i did so Mm -hmm. um the bubble is busted for sure there Mm -hmm. but what are your emotions now that um we've gone like a week and a half into it that we've processed it over and over and our mindset is is being reshaped what
4: are your emotions anger maybe like angry at Myself for being the parent that I am, and not exposing my kids to their the history of their culture, and um, being more involved in our culture, but instead being in the um, um, the area of North Texas that we reside in, I feel like our kids are in a much protected bubble. And they don't really even understand what it means for someone to um, just judge them by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. Like, they do not get that, which is a blessing, but most definitely a curse as well. Um, So I'm just trying to wrap my head around that.
2: Yeah, I worry that it can come back. My boys are both white. I'm white. Uh, I worry that it can come back to bite them. Uh, at some point um, they didn't seem they also like you're saying in the bubble we live in the same area and uh, they haven't been exposed to much at all and I noticed a lack of in my my kids we actually sat them down and had them view it this might sound really nuts. uh, view Mr. Floyd's murder uh the night before last because just want to make sure they understood what exactly we were talking about um and because i had seen a lack of compassion from them and a lack of questions which baffled me mm-hmm. um and i felt like i filled as a mom to this point so it's been a wide range of questions and everything um I, they've, I felt like they've been very desensitized, and they're in for a lot.
6: I would say the lack of questions is, uh, for me, is concerning. So we talked to um, our kids about it, and it was, I think, Thursday um, after it had happened, and we brought it up, and Catherine said, "Oh, I know. I, I told I, my friend told me about it." And, She's from Minneapolis and, or she's from Minnesota and she told me about it. And she, so she had already heard about it, knew about it, was having conversations with her friends about it, but not talking to my husband or I. Um, so not mm-hmm. questioning it, not, and what are, what are our kids internalizing if we're not having right these um, these gosh. conversations? So since then it's been almost a daily conversation and, you know, not just sitting them down for an hour and lecturing, but you a question here, a question there, what do you think about this? And just kind of like getting a gauge on, because getting a gauge on how, how they're feeling about it and things like that. So too. I mean, I'm, I'm just reminded of, you know, the habit
1: number five, um, seek first to understand then mm-hmm. to be understood. Yeah. And yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I should tell my kids, like, you know what? We have to understand first and then, you know, you have to be understood after you understand what's going on, you know? And all mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is where we are, my friends. We're starting with the why, you know, before we get mm-hmm. to the how. You know, it's been so painful and, you know, like what Heather was saying that, you know, she just doesn't understand because we've been in this bubble. We have all been in this bubble, you know, and I am raising two black boys and a black girl,
7: mm-hmm.
1: and I have a black husband. So the pain is is real, the pain is deep, you know.
7: I said something on my <clears throat> Insta story the other day, it said, um, and I'm gonna try to word it how I um, posted it, but it's saying privilege is when the when there is a problem, but it's not a problem to you because mm-hmm. it's not a direct problem. And I had someone reach out and said, hey, thank you for posting that because I didn't realize that, you know, everybody's creating this issue. Well, it's not an issue that's being created. It's an issue that already exists, but people are not looking at it as an issue because it's not their personal issue. It doesn't maybe, maybe they don't have children of color. Maybe they don't have a husband of color, maybe, you know, and so they're not directly affected by it. So they don't see how this is an issue. <laughs> um, so for me, it all started the emotions cause I've been busy working. So it's not like I've been on social media, seeing everything, you know, I'm almost been detached from it and I just hear bits and pieces, but I had to tell my boys on the way to, to school the other day to drop off their stuff because it came up on the radio and I, I'm always intentional hold on I need to make sure that I I tell you this directly from me before you go on and hear it from other areas right so I told him what happened I told him the whole story, you know how this murder happened and you know and after I said this, I said, so what do you believe about cops And my middle son said they're bad and I said, well see that's exactly the problem is that we can't take a group of this, type of person and a group of that type of person and categorize them as all being the same, you know? And then I also had to say, look, you're brown. You might be a lighter brown, but you're going to have friends that might deal with this probably more than you. And we have a responsibility to love people. And even if it's not directly towards us, we have to stand up for people. Yeah. You know, we can't just see injustice and not do anything about it. Um, so anyways, that's where my emotions are. It's not so much, um, posting or saying my personality, I guess is more, more, let's do something. I -hmm. don't want to talk about, I don't want to just complete. I'm not saying talking about it is wrong. I'm just saying it's not enough.
6: Yeah.
7: We've got to take it a step further. Yeah. Actually create an action to that's going to cause an actual change.
4: Yeah. Yeah. While I am thankful and grateful for my friends who don't look like me, like reaching out to me um through direct messaging or um, you know, just sending Facebook posts, I appreciate that. But it's time to be intentional. And like if you seriously wanna have my back on this situation, like come knock on my door, come ask me to go to coffee. Like, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's be the change instead of just Posting something mm-hmm. I, for me, I think I'm just more surprised that a lot of
0: people are unaware that mm-hmm. there's this much this much injustice. And uh, but then at the same time, to give everyone grace, because mm. it's just like when we had that minute of if you if you hold your breath, mm-hmm. if you really hold your breath. You realize that it was a privilege that you were breathing right but well, when you're breathing you're not thinking of i'm breathing what a privilege what a privilege what a privilege all the times you're breathing until you hold your breath and you wish for a breath mm. so that is what privilege is where you don't even know it just comes naturally it's just this demoralizing of little things that um that you don't think of like you already know that it happens But then when you speak on it all the time, you just look angry. That's why I think conversation is so key, just to bring awareness. That way other people can can stand up. I totally get um, the way
1: people just don't understand. You know, and I think we as, you know, people of the other race, this is this is this is one thing I've told my kids that just don't think every non black person is a racist
6: Mm -hmm. and
1: don't judge because some people just don't know probably how to start the conversation. They 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 don't know what to say or they don't know how to say it, you know. Right. So it's so, so difficult because we're just. Imagine, like, what we've been through. This is like, what, we're midway through 2020, Uh you know? We're like, we have, what, six more months left till we're done? I mean, we've been through Kobe passing, through COVID, through no schools, and then now racism.
3: Uh (laughs) All in one year. I feel, I'm going to be honest, I am angry. I have a whole, um, I've already had a little bit of distrust with police officers, and so that... So, this experience right here, along with prior, not just George Floyd, there's a whole bunch of others. There's Breonna Taylor, there's Sandra Bland, there's so many others. I am being intentional not to um, spread how I'm feeling towards my children. I do want my children to understand that not all cops are like this um, and that not all white people are racist, but I am kind of apprehensive as far as developing new friendship with someone that is not my color especially when you when you hear other people that you think that i don't know if it's maybe they just don't understand but you know kind of rebuttal on what's happening well what what did he do to cause that a few years ago i was pregnant um with carter i was driving to florida and it's so funny because facebook took it down when i posted it i was driving to florida i was pregnant with carter I had five other children in the car with me, and, and I did not know that when you're driving um, on the highway, and if there's a police officer, you're supposed to either slow down or go over to another lane. Well, I kept proceeding the, you know, normal um, speed limit, and then all of a sudden, I saw cop lights behind me, and then I, I, I was I was kind of confused because I didn't know what I did, and so I immediately called my sister-in-law. And I said, hey, I said, and this was just after, I think, I want to say it was Sandra Bland, I'm not sure, had passed um, um, had passed away mysteriously. And um, I saw, so I called her and I said, hey, I said, I, police officers are following me. So I don't know what I did. And then she said, and I told her, I, I was scared. I was scared. And then um, she asked me to put her, uh, put the phone on speaker and just pull over. I pulled over and the police officer already had his hand on his gun. And then he came up to me, and then the, there was another police officer that already had saw him, followed and already had his gun drawn. Oh and my, oh my God! Police officer, that was that the first one that stopped me when he saw all the little children in the back seat. He went like this, signaling the other police officer to, you know, um, I guess stand down or whatever. But my heart was beating and he was so rude while he was explaining to me why he stopped. But I really, really truly believe that if I did not have five young children in the car, that it would have turned out so different. So yes, I do have a greater distrust for police officers right now. Anger is, is, is it. I mean,
1: I, I am angry too. Um, a little of my story. I remember we were going to Shreveport, um, Jacob and I, and we were, um, we went into a convenience store and we were, uh, you know, like one of the gas station convenience stores. And as we were going in, we're the only blacks in that in the store. And, um, they were other way, you know, the uh, three, four white men and they looked to us and they said, it stinks in here. The people that walked in stink. Mm-mm. So this mm-hmm. just happened like, you know, I mean, it happened not too long ago, but it's something that we've we're aware of. We, we're quiet. You know, we're just like, OK, we understand it hurts You know, and we're just quiet. But then now America, the whole world is talking about it. And it's a great thing because um, people are now seeing what this, you know, the real pandemic is racism right now.
2: Right.
1: And it's a worldwide pandemic. And it's something that I feel it it had to happen. And I feel that God is just uncovering a whole lot of things Mm -hmm. in 2020. And I do feel that
2: way. You know, there's been, of course, tons of stuff on YouTube. And, you know, I'm never online. Like, I don't do social media or any of that. But this, I've had to go out and research, like Crystal said. Um, And I know there's some guys who uh, had posted, like, about building relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And if not relation, you know, if they're acquaintances or just like something like sitting on an airplane next to somebody, you know, uh, like how would you have something socially in common with, you know, other people of other races, of other, uh, how to start, just how to go about that, approaching them and um, basically just making yourself, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I guess Uh I came to be more outspoken probably I don't know some years ago and um I noticed that my kids are not or if they are they're very sloppy with it so their mouths are going to get them in trouble one day and this whole scenario has made me wake up as a mom in the sense I've got to really make sure they know the seriousness of all this like it's not just um there's nothing I mean, it's real. And um, that's why I was so um,
7: worried about them not feeling like they were desensitized and not showing compassion. As a mom, you know, we're not just we're a big part of the solution because Mm -hmm. we have at our hands these little humans that we are we are shaping them. We're shaping their thoughts. We're in the season of correcting. We're in a season of bringing that awareness. And I'm at that point. I mean, you know, we do our best to teach them the best we can, but I think this is perfect timing um, to take it a step further, you know, Mm -hmm. and how how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Why do you think that? And then correct if it's not okay. You know, like, hey, I don't, I don't care if you understand why this using this word is okay or not, but you're not going to say it because Right. Y, Z. And um, until later on in the future, they start grasping the the bigger picture of why that's not OK.
1: I think it's wise <laughs> enough to uh, disconnect sometimes in order for, you know, you to connect. So connect with your inner being. Sometimes it's so necessary to mm-hmm. get off your cell phone you know, disconnect from the media, the news and everything. Cause right now, uh, mental health is such an issue,
4: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: we're just like so traumatized, you know, politics and religion and this and that. And sometimes it's just so good just to deal with your inner self and connect with God more than ever.
7: I hear directly. So before the pandemic for us and our family, we stopped going to church altogether, so we didn't stop doing church because we were doing church in our living room but Mm -hmm. because we were searching okay should we go to this church should we go to that church that finally greg and i looked at each other and we're like you know what what are we doing like we need to just sit down and actually quiet ourselves and let god teach us directly and let god speak to us and little by little you know we're a part of different ministries and we'll you know we'll listen to this preaching or that preaching But it just came to the point where we felt like we were so much in the same surroundings all the time that we needed to open our view to other things and to really sit back and look at scripture and look at, is this really what we're walking out? So it just became a personal, like, I just, I'm not saying church is wrong or church is bad, but personally, we're just in that season. We're already disconnected to connect, with God, Mm -hmm. more on a personal level and not saying we'll never go back, but, um, and not in this season. And we're okay with
6: that. I will say Mm -hmm. that I've had a hard time to just hard time disconnecting, um, from social media I've and, and taking it where I should. And, you know, in, in prayer and in the Bible, I feel like I've been so it's a lot like what happened just a few months ago with COVID. There was like a new fact every day, a new yeah. a yeah. new something to react to, a new, a new, at first yeah. we were just washing our hands at first and then it just progressed and progressed and now it stays on surfaces for this long. And it, and it's like every day there's something new and every day there's mm-hmm. someone's telling a new story mm-hmm. about what they experienced. Like um, Marjorie, I've never heard that story from you about what happened, getting pulled over. Like there's, there's so many things that are coming out that are good that people are telling their story but I'm, I'm not able to shut it off. I'm not, I'm, I'm just watching video after video. I'm, <laughs> I'm thirsting after what's going on, like what is happening and how did, how do we get to this place? And, um, I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life. I feel like I was a lot more bold as I was younger. Um, my neighbors used to call me PC Cara because I would constantly <laughs> correct people. And I just, I felt like I had a different kind of Awareness. And I feel like as to my detriment, as a mom, I've kind of gotten more introverted when it comes to race. And you know, I've had some tough conversations with friends that have hurt me, to where I've said things that I didn't realize that were they were hurtful. I didn't realize that they were some you know, there's so many things that as as a white woman, there's things that I've said like I don't see color. I'm not prejudiced because this, I'm not, you know, i you try, you, how do you prove that you're not a racist? How do you prove that you're mm-hmm. not, it, it's, it, it has to be your action. It can't be something that you're saying. So I know mm-hmm. I've said things and I've hurt people in the past by, by my, by my words. So it's almost easier to, to just be quiet and to not say things because maybe not today, but maybe, a year down the road whatever I said was wrong and it's going to be used against me so it's really it's Uh, it's a scary place to be in as as a white woman because I want to be there and I want to help and I am heartbroken and I am just shocked by so many people's stories like oh watching the video watching the video of George Floyd like it as I was watching it I was seeing and my mind flashes of this video I saw on YouTube about this baby um, in a pool where they flipped upside down and the mom was talking and the baby was losing air. And as time went on, their feet stopped kicking a little more and more. And that's like the image that I was, I kept flashing back to in my mind of how he's just losing air. And it was so heartbreaking. Like it was just Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, to see someone, like we hear the stories, but to see someone actually lose their life right in front of your eyes, it's just, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why the whole nation is just outraged. Like that was, Mm -hmm. there's no gray area. That was 100% murder. And we all Mm -hmm. agree on that. It's all the other gray areas that are hard to agree agree upon. Right. Right the all the all the ones that were not recorded this happens every
0: day yeah
4: mm-hmm. black every day yeah
0: literally every day it gets to a point even when ahmad died uh, when we saw ahmad's video of running and being killed by uh in atlanta mm-hmm. uh in georgia mm-hmm. we were we were recording and um uh, lynn and i said i hope we don't see this again it happens all the time like don't like like it was like It's always happening. It gets to a point that we're just numb to it. Mm -hmm. Like Sandra Bland, a young person in Texas. And when it Mm -hmm. becomes more like, oh, someone is eating ice cream in their apartment, they get killed. Someone is sleeping with their boyfriend in their apartment, they get killed. Someone is jogging, which my son does all the time. And then see people of faith saying they need more evidence after oh, the and it's just like I I just wonder oh we all see this Jesus differently mm-hmm. um. <laughs> it just is overwhelming it actually breaks my heart Andrea
1: that um for I'm just being so honest the past few weeks I mean I can't um I was listening to uh T.D. Jakes, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes the other day, and he was like, We need more than just prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, like we need more than just prayer. So I've been getting um, you know, texts and like we're praying for you, and we'll pray. Oh, just pray, just pray. And I'm like, I just can't pray right now. Right. You get to the point that yes, you know, I'm I'm hurting, and 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 here's my whole thing, right? Allow yourself to grieve, right? And allow yourself to disconnect in order to connect within. And people should understand without just putting a band-aid on the pain. Yeah. You know, without just putting like, oh, just it's okay, but just understand, you know, without it. Understand what people are going through and how do we get to the how? Now we've talked about the why, what happened, what next?
7: so yeah. on the topic of prayer, um, when I pray, I'm not praying for somebody else to be the solution. I'm right. praying, God, how can I be the solution? Because I can't foolishly expect everybody else to create the change. That That's not like my prayer is, God, connect me with the right people. God, show me what are the policies that we're not looking at. Yeah. God, you know. What is it that I don't know that I'm supposed to know? You know, what am I supposed to be teaching my children? Yes, you know, we want to pray for our emotions. We want to pray that, you know, we all get along. We want to pray. But at the end of the day, for me, I'm looking at solution. How are we going to make this change? You know, and I am at the point where it's not about whoever's in politics bringing the solution, it starts in my home. It starts right. with me. It starts with my family and then with my friends, you know, and that's kind of why I had reached out to you. I was like, you know, we have such a power that, you know, within our group that we're so many different ethnicities that we can still understand each other and we can have these topics because another thing that I think is um, it, it's also foolish to think, to want somebody else that's of a different race to understand something they've never really had to deal with, you know? And so being able to allow grace and also allow grace, um, expressing yourself, but then also for our friends that are our friends and love us is, exactly like Cara and exactly like, you know, you're here and we're having these tough conversations and it's like, it just shows you care, you know, and it's not just the post because the post is great, but where is the change? Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm.
0: we do is we can legislate love. We can legislate for this for unity. I think it begins with us one at a time. One yeah, conversation maybe. at a time. And when our emotions are overwhelming, to know to take it some time out, to know that our mental health has to be 110% before we can be a solution, and to keep the conversations, to not leave the kids alone. Because the kids imagine if we have this much stress about the situations going on. How about those kids? And like, if we didn't have the the, if we just stopped at COVID, that's enough to last a decade. Uh huh. But then they have to go through all the restrictions. Their summers are not going to be the same. And now it's like making signs for your protest is going to be the decent thing to do. To 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 use your time well in the summer. What what did you do? So a 17 year old organized uh, uh, yeah. here in, um, I think it's in Dallas. And it was a beautiful, successful one. And I applaud this next generation that we thought were just like goofballs, lay their lives against what their parents will think, against what what are all thinking. And they say, it stops now. I think we can stand by and and cheer on, even if we don't have anything to say, to just be present with a great attitude, a welcoming place for anyone of any race to say there's nothing stupid you can say right now. As long as we're having a conversation, you go home and teach your people and your people will teach other people. And that is one way or the other. Because we don't teach the kids, and they go out, our, our, our like uh, we have to talk to our black kids a certain way to preserve their innocence, at the same time protect their lives. Yeah, are hard balance mm-hmm. because you have to expose them to the truth so that they're not naive. They know their history, they know their goals, and they they maintain their confidence and self esteem. Right. And white friends to to know that to walk with your privilege, because there's no guilt in your privilege, knowing that it can be shared. It's not like a pie that can disappear. You can still have the same right, extend that so that um, just fighting, so that it can be equal. Because I know you love my kids as much as you love yours. Like I know you'll stand up for my kids. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important if we see each other that way, that way we can spread it, we can be active in the conversation and not go, go weary. And so that's just too much. This is our time as women of God, as moms to, to make a huge difference.
7: That Greg was telling me, Greg's been out of town. So when I told him I had the conversation, he's like, ah, I wanted to be there because I want to make sure that my Brown, my black little boys are not thinking that they are victims. I am not raising victims. Yeah. And um, he says, I don't ever want them to think that because they're the color they are, or because we're categorized as a minority, that they are a victim. We're not victims. And so no. trying, trying to find that silver lining you know we're we're teaching reality but we're also not raising you to be below anybody or anything we're equals everywhere and all around and not only that but we're created you know the bible says for good work so we're created to love each other we're created you know to make whatever space that we go into better and so anyway so just wanted to share that he was very like do not teach my children to to think that they are, and and it's hard, you know, it's hard to, to tell reality and to also, like you said, have them have a high self-esteem.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The ultimate ethic is to be loved really. And then the balance, like I know, I did tune. I looked on the news today a bit, and I, I had shut off. I realized quickly that uh, it started talking about how this privilege, this whole white privilege term, is becoming now even a negative connotation. Well, I mean, it always has been, but in the form of white people are, are getting scared of the black people. That are And there's some people, black people going around having white people bow or kneel down in front of them and forcibly apologize. So so it's almost like the tables are turning on some of these more extremist type deals on a small scale. And um, that's where it's, you know, like you're saying, you know, the kids need to be proud and have self-esteem and but um, keep things in perspective. And I think all that comes with the knowledge of. The original. It's so important to um,
1: educate your children as much as possible. I do love the um, the Instagram um, post that Marjorie posted the other day. And she just, you know, put in, in her Instagram like ways to learn. You know, she mentioned some books, you know, that that th- that you could you know have your kids read the summer right and we all need to learn we're all in this together we need to watch movies I mean there's so many movies on Netflix um you know the Thirteenth there's um, the American Sun when they see us um, mm-hmm. listen to podcasts you know read books mm-hmm. so this is a time to um, educate yourself and have educate your kids as what Crystal said, um, the world is having meaningful conversations at the dinner table. It all starts in the home. You know, it all starts at home with you and your family and your kids. And, and I strongly believe that this um, racism is not going to be dismantled by black and brown people. You know, it is gonna be you know, dismantled by white and white people that's how i believe because we can get on it and talk and talk but we need to start learning and educating and going through the process you know without judgment at all
6: you know because not everyone we see is racist as a white person i don't know that i always hear the, the stories or the things that you guys go through it is part of that that privilege i just am it's it's that unawareness we don't choose to have white privilege um <laughs> when, a couple years ago, Dan, Daniel and I went to uh, the Dominican Republic for a vacation, and when we checked in, we get to the resort and we're so excited, ready to start our week. Um, and they they said, "Do you want to update your trip?" And we're like, "No, we're good." We're like, "Well, if you pay an extra $50 a day, you can, you know, go to this club. You can have a different restaurant. You can." They, they're t- selling us on what how the upgrade is, and they're telling us how great it is and we're like no we're good we're good no we're i mean we're going to be at the beach we're fine uh so we move on and then for dinner we go to dinner and they're like oh are you privileged as we walk up to the door and we're like no and then so the entire week the next day we go for drinks are you privileged and we're like no and so we and we actually turned it into a joke Daniel and I were like are you privileged are you privileged are you pri-? so they constantly ask you and then you get it you know an extra drink you get to sit closer to the ocean to see a better view there's all these like Perks, you get a slightly oh better room, um, but there's a, there's a contract that you sign. You pay, you give them your credit card, you tell them, I want to pay an extra $50 a day, and I'm going to get this. With white privilege, there's no contract. We're not we're not saying I want this. We're not making a conscious decision. There was pro- there was a conscious decision hundreds of years ago. Not a contract that I've signed. It's not anything that I've decided to. And you know, just after that one week of you know hearing, are you privileged? Are you privileged over and over again? It makes you feel bad. Like it, it makes you feel like, well, I'm maybe we should have paid that $50. Yeah, <laughs> even though yeah. it's just a label and it's a slight difference, but like I imagine thinking that way my whole life, going through, am I gonna looked at, gonna be looked at by my skin as, am I privileged? And you don't always know who's asking those questions in their brain, whether. It's about your, your resume or about what kind of drink we're going to serve you or what kind of, you know, what there's people, white people making decisions about your life that are, and you don't know who those people are. I don't, I don't make those decisions. When I look at people, I don't think, is this a. Is this a black person? Should I allow them to do what? No, I don't think that way. But there are a lot of people that do, like the cop that stopped you, Marjorie, or like the mm. uh, the person that said that to you, Linda, in the in the gas station. There are definitely people out there, but it it's so hard to know who and when and why. And well, I'm hoping I'll, a lot of this too is obviously
2: going to have an effect on people's uh, awareness of voting rights and all this about who's going to be in office lower or higher levels everywhere um, oh, right. and have lasting change, you know, however many years it takes for that to rotate out. White people need to hear that for sure. And I know when we talk about privilege, what gets me is my oldest son, uh, he gets so frustrated. Oh, he gets so turned off when I... Get upset. I tell him he's entitled. I call him out when he's acting entitled. Um, and yet, again, when he's with his friends or whatnot, you know, they used, they would also use the slang term white privilege, like joke with their buddies, ho ho ho. You know, white privilege. Uh, you know, after these last couple of weeks, um, all that's changing. Uh, it's already changed. So we've um, had the talks and laid the laws down, but because. Um, Words and actions need to mean something. not only um, now
1: in this season, but it's an ongoing process. As moms, we're raising, um, we're raising like successful kids. We're raising kings and queens, and you know presidents. And we have to, you know, begin at you know with them at their level and teach them and train a child the way they should go you know and and i do believe you know in all this god is in it through the hurt through the pain through everything you know he's allowing mm-hmm. us to go through this in order to get somewhere you know i mean i've heard the term thrown around like you know 2020 has to be canceled 2020 is, you know, oh my goodness, this is going on in 2020. But I do believe in 2020, it's a, you know, it's just, it's a whole lot of things going on, the digging, Mm -hmm. the transformation, the laying out, the foundation, the understanding, everything, you know, the change is going to be so major that our children will be the fruits of this. You know, when the world comes together as one and I do believe this is going Mm -hmm. to happen, you know, I really do believe the world is going to come together as one and our children will see this. But it begins now and we're going through the dirt, the pain, and we must go through it in order to see the beauty at the end. So we're gonna just kind of, you know, round it up. Um, Any closing remarks? um, Anyone has anything that they need to say? um, Anything as we just kind of put this all together and close it up?
0: Let's close it out with what's your hope? What's your hope for, for the outcome? What's your hope for the future? We can all just go around and share that.
5: Freedom to breathe is one of my hopes. Um, the way it affected my daughter is really, um, painful in the way that she realized that she, she kind of felt like she's not free to do certain Mm. things, um, compared to a white counterpart to the point where she cut, (laughs) she put a scissors in her hair, um, Sunday night and cut all her hair off. Um, But for her to be able to walk to a job interview with cornrows and braids without thinking and me, like right now, if I were to go to a job interview, I have to have my hair specific way. I intentionally don't wear braids or cornrows or an afro. Um, just those kind of conscious things that you do to kind of diffuse the situation, just that freedom. Freedom for them to be able to go places and you not worry that someone will use their skin color as a weapon in yeah. the way Amy Cooper did at the park. Um, oh. Yeah, just, just that freedom for them. Is what
6: I'm hoping for. Um, I have heard that there are some people that are losing their faith with God in the last few weeks, and I, I do have hope and I have faith that, that, the valley that we that our nation is in, or as a world, really the world is, protesting. Um, I believe that it's making us stronger, and it's really it's giving us an opportunity to grow in our faith, and and maybe people that were not t- turned to Christ are. I hope are seeking that out now. Um, I'm so so grateful for you girls. I'm grateful that I have sisters, co-heirs in Christ. Then I, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, if we suffer with Him, then we're also glorified with Him. Mm-hmm. And I know Christ is suffering this this week, this month, mu- this month. I I know that He's suffering, and we will be glorified. And I hope His name is glorified in this time. People are able to to lean on God? Um, There's
7: a lot of things, you know, it's like for the future, what's my hope for my children and their role that they play? You know, am I I allowing them to see diversity? You know, that's one of my, Greg and I talk about this all the time, you know, because of where we're at. Um, Yes, they see diversity in our friends. They see diversity when they go to their school, but there's a different, um, so I know like, them being in Collin County versus us going to Dallas County, there's a whole different thought process. And so that's one of the things that Greg and I talk about for the future with them is you need to understand that not every, they do have a privilege. You do have a privileged life. Not everybody has this life and you need to have compassion, understanding and no judgment because you don't know why certain people act a certain way until you get to know them. And um, so for the future for our children is that, you know, creating a space where they can actually get to know not just different races, but different circumstances, different positions. You know, not everybody's raised in a home where they have both parents. Not everybody's raised in a home where you you have the privilege of you ask for whatever and you get it. Or, you know, you have the privilege of being able to go to whatever school you want to go to. You know, you don't they don't understand how privileged they are. Um, You know, my background, my mother came here illegally and (laughs) to. Coming from that, I know what a privilege I have. I didn't have to sleep in a laundry mat like she did. You know, I didn't have to now I get I get to uh live in this land of opportunity and I get to so for future it's like yes, I want to provide all these things for you, but I also want you to be aware that not everybody has this and you have a responsibility yeah. to yeah. do. For those that don't have what you have, you have a responsibility to educate yourself to um, to learn how you can be a help to those that are in need, you know, because they don't have a need. And sometimes when you don't have a specific need, you don't hunger for that change because you're not even aware that that's a need. You have it. exactly. Um, So for me personally, in my household with that, it would be that to not just diversity and race, but diverse in diversity and culture, but diversity and different life circumstances. Yeah. And, um, and then as far as change, uh, what I really do feel like right now is, Uh, policies what are the policies in our specific area you know what um, like I was talking to a friend of mine and she was telling me hey did you hear about the HR 448 and I'm like no I don't know what that is and so she's telling me you know this is a policy that was being created and put in place so that if police officers had excessive um, use of force then it now became a federal issue you know? And so these are little things that I'm not aware of. So for future, I feel like I have that responsibility to make, to educate myself on those things so that I can, okay, okay, how can I, how can I partner with that? Um, And then for my children, you know, what are things that I can start doing now? Because I also don't want you to now start to create hate in your heart towards anybody, you know? So I feel like it needs to be some type of relational, right? right. You know, where all types of people can come together. And, and like Andrea said, at one point, I'm sorry, but I I just don't think it's going to be in the church. It's like the building itself. Like it has to
4: come from us. My desired outcome is kind of, um, I guess I can kind of touch on a little bit about what everyone said, but to sum it up, Um, It would just be more education for my kids, more exposure, um, because I feel like they really don't know a lot about their race. Mm -hmm. um, Me personally speaking. Um, So to that regard, like we're going to join Jack and Jill. Um, Two years ago, we made the decision that um, are really identifying that, hey, you know what? We really are in a bubble and how can we get more exposure for our kids? Because, you know, as they get older, it's going to be to their detriment that they they haven't been around various races. And so we, uh, with regards to church, um, after taking like a six-month sabbatical from churches, um, we decided to um, join a more inclusive, more diverse church. They're able to kind of see different viewpoints and just learning a lot more about their culture and seeing people that look like them and different leadership capacities and doing positive um, impactful things in the community. Um, With regards to that, um, I think having more conversations like this, inviting friends that Mm -hmm. are not necessarily in our immediate circle um, to these conversations um, and just um, kind of not educating people, but just, Showing mercy for those because I think that's the hardest thing right now. Like, we're just like, can't you see it? Like, we've been going through this for 400 years. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy to say that. But like, I have friends that grew up in Alaska and they've never seen a black person until they went to college. Like, so we can't necessarily expect people to understand what we're going through or expect to immediately have empathy. Um, But my prayer is that um, you know, God will instill something in each of us that we can um, go out and steward and make more disciples and start. I mean, this is a movement that is going on, but mm-hmm. we want it to be the most impactful movement right now because we have their attention. Whoever they are, not necessarily <laughs> just white people. Whoever they are.
6: The whole of
4: their attention. So the whole world is watching, right? The whole world is watching. (laughs) So let's use this opportunity to honor our ancestors, to honor other cultures, but to just intentionally, yeah, just change the course of life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. My hope would be um, unity, fairness, um, that people will really be open you know, open to understanding, you know, what we go through and for us to also be able to be open with them as well. Um, my hope is that my children will, um, be able to have a better, um, uh, relationship with others who are not like them, who don't have the same same skin color as them, because I, I do feel like, um, they are starting to hear, you know, other negative stuff that from people that they school that are not the same color as them. And I think it's starting to cause some kind of division, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that, you know, that, that transition will happen, you know, transforming the heart, the mind, you know what I mean? And the eyes, like, you know, instead of looking at somebody from, because of their color, that you will Look, for the, look at their heart. Look at their character. Yeah. Right.
1: And so my hope is, you know, for people, all races, all color, you know, all walks of life to be able to finally say that we did it. That we did it. It's not just, you know, um, it will take time. I believe that with all my heart that. You know, it will take time. We're in a difficult place right now. And it's just, we're gonna heal through this, you know? But my hope is just for everyone to just say that we did it. And I look at my kids and I'm just saying, you know, I just want them not to be numb, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up my life just being so numb, you know, numb to the pain and numb to the hurt. And numb to, you know, just seeing like, yeah, we see it, but then we, you know, we just like that it's okay. It happens. And we're numb. Mm -hmm.
7: Because we want to stay positive.
1: Because we want to stay positive. And Mm -hmm. if you know me and you, you know, you're my friends, you know, you know who I am and I am a very positive person and Just the hurt, the pain to see my children every day. We're just talking about this, you know, and just the tears shed. And, you know, I just don't want them to face this again. I don't want them to protest. I don't want them to walk down the streets of Frisco holding flags, you know, holding posters. And I don't want this. I don't want them to go on um, social media and see, you know, hurt senseless murder and crime i mean these are you know and just not this and i speak as a mom you know because i understand that you guys all know the pain as moms you know and i know you don't want your kids to go through this and i say this with all my heart that it is it all starts with me you know and it all starts in my home with my kids and what they learn and what they hear like what me what jacob and i say speak to each other if jacob and i come with disrespect and using you know words that you know just are not suitable you know for other people other races my kids will pick those words and they'll Mm -hmm. take it out so it starts in my home it starts right here with me as a mom so my hope is just
7: my kids just to be free
1: freedom and not be that.
7: I will say, too, that I, one of the things that I think about right now in this season is I hope that this isn't just a trend where everybody's, you know, saying we got to do something about it and we're going to step up and we're going to. And then as soon as it's the other popular thing on social media rises that everybody forgets about that, this is a problem and we need to fix it. And right. so that's one of my biggest hopes and prayers is that this doesn't just become something that was a trend and now it's forgotten. And, you know, now we can move on. And, no I just that's my prayer. Right. It it, it must continue. Mm-hmm. And
1: education is key. And just teaching and learning and speaking about these tough conversations with our kids. They are future. Mm hmm. Speaking these tough conversations with them, mm-hmm. and just going out there because change must happen, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a long time, but it it will happen. I believe that.
7: And I think too, you you just said a key thing about being numb. Um, for the longest time, I walked out that way, you know, because you want to stay positive and you want to see the best everywhere but then you don't allow yourself to really show your feelings. And I was thinking, or I I think I was being taught that feelings, you know, yeah, we don't we don't make our decisions based on our feelings, but feelings are valid. Feelings are meant to be shown. No, they're not the solution, but they're a part of a problem. And so you can't really get, to a solution without dealing with the feeling. And um, that's one of the things here lately that we're doing in our family is allowing feelings to be shown and not saying, oh, no, no, we're being negative because you said that. No, we're being human and being real. Exactly, Exactly. like that's what
2: us too. Like the awareness comes through feeling and then you feel it and you work through it. It's not Mm -hmm. just this all happens and then we all, you know, Cycle through and then go back to watching Housewives. I mean,
1: (laughs) we must watch Housewives
2: (laughs) at some point. But still, we're dealing with the real feel. Yeah, the
0: our emotions. I think I think it's healthy to allow ourselves to feel and go through this process. And as we round up, even we'll come back to it and see, depending on how the world is going to see if we made progress and we'll come back and visit, listen back to this and see our uh, our views or perspectives, the progress we've made along the way. I think this is one of the most pivotal points in our history. And I think even in our kids' history, my, my teens are watching. My teens are so attentive to see how we navigate through it. And I think we together as women of faith and bold and fearless, I think we can overcome with grace and with victory, because victory is going to look different in this system. Victory might be taking a shower and getting getting your phone, hiding your phone from yourself um, so that we don't need to be up to date on everything, because just being aware, aware of our mental space and just keeping our sanity intact. I... Love you all so much.
6: Yeah, I hope that we keep so this much. as an open conversation, um, and not just when things like the last time I feel like we had one of these really in-depth conversations was when there was a lot of you know unrest with politics. So I want us to you know we talk about our kids and we talk about our lives and what what's going on at the time. But I hope that we can continue to to have these conversations and weave That's it into great. to our friendship. Going on forward.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, ladies, so much. We just love you guys.
1: Thank you so, love so you. much. Love Thanks you guys. Thanks for having us on.